notre quotidien. C'est sur Taïwan. again from the obsidian mirror and welcome to scry i am the seer and i have come to share with you three true tales of paranormal terror in this episode we will hear about chilling challenges from children mischievous meetings in maui and shadowy stalkers that span several years these stories definitely carry that creepy vibe that keeps you all coming back for more. But enough talking about the stories. Let's get down to them already. Our first comes from Tyraxis and describes why you never issue a challenge to the void. Let's listen to his story. I grew up on the Tennessee-Alabama-Georgia border, west of Chattanooga. Not in the sticks, but definitely a rural area. My parents had 10-ish acres of woods behind the house, a kit-built log cabin. The house was on a level area about halfway up a steep hill, and I mean steep. It was work to pedal up the thing on a bike. Turn right out of the driveway and you go down the hill and up another one before you get to another road. But go left out of the driveway and you go to the dead end at the top of the hill. The house was two stories with living room, kitchen, laundry room, master bed and bathrooms downstairs and two bedrooms and a bathroom upstairs. I have one brother, younger than me by just shy of 11 years. Our bedrooms were upstairs, mine above my parents' bedroom, overlooking the side-slash-backyard, and his above the kitchen, facing the detached garage. The house had a deck between the garage and the house. The house had always been a bit weird feeling, but when my brother was about two or so, things got strange. Things would go missing and reappear in plain view later. Things would break. Once, the toaster oven turned itself on while my dad was in the shower. Nobody else was home, and the only reason the house didn't burn down was he smelled the smoke and came running out with a fire extinguisher. But around his third or fourth birthday, my brother asked for a tent to go over his bed so he wouldn't have to see the face in the window at night anymore completely out of the blue. Well, 
We'd known he was having trouble sleeping, but this was the first we'd heard of it. He said the pale face had been there most nights for a while, and it was scaring him. Naturally, my parents freaked out, replaced the locks on all the windows and doors, bought shades, curtains, and a tent for the bed to make my brother feel better. Dad started making a point of taking the garbage out to the cans by the garage after dark with a heavy mag light most nights after that. But he never saw anything. Then, a while later, when we asked how he was feeling, my brother said the tent helped, but the face showed up in his room now. Naturally, again, my parents freaked. They asked him what the man looked like. He said, it wasn't a man. It was a face. Our parents took my brother to the doctor, got him checked out, and everything came back fine. So he's three and a half or so, and I'm 14-ish, and did the most incredibly, monumentally stupid thing I could have ever done. I was raised in the church and still believe somewhat in the supernatural. So one night, I took the trash out, strapping on the display show sword my parents had bought me on a trip to a medieval-themed restaurant. I dropped the trash off, and on my way back to the house, I stopped on the deck underneath my brother's window. I planted my teenaged feet looked straight up at the night sky and told whatever was out there to pick on something its own size. It could come and get me if it wanted, but leave my brother the hell alone. Son of a bitch. I meant it with every fiber of my being. Looking back, it's as if something had been watching and chuckled. Challenge accepted. My stuff started showing up broken in my room. Invisible things would cast shadows. On multiple occasions, I'd hear something waking me up in the middle of the night, walking around my room. The floorboards creaked quite loudly. On one occasion, my dad woke me up out of a dead sleep at around 2 a.m. and told me to quit walking around and go to bed. I'd been sound asleep and I don't sleepwalk. One night, I wake up to something growling, chuckling at me from right beside my bed. I roll over to see what it is and just see a tall, dark shadow in the shape of a man wearing a top hat and cape 
with unkempt long hair. With no detail to the shape other than pale eyes and teeth. Let me tell you, that was not fun. It only left after I squeezed my eyes shut, rolled over away from it, and frantically recited the Lord's Prayer multiple times. Things kept happening the rest of the year and into the next. But the most disturbing experience, and the one that someone else was a witness to, was that next summer. I'd walked out to get the mail after dark because I'd forgotten to get it earlier. We had a split rail fence at the road between the yard and the mailbox, so I had to walk around to get it. If you get off the front porch, you turn left and walk down a pea gravel walkway about 10 to 15 yards. Then about 25 or so up the driveway to the road. Then the mailbox is three or four yards to the right. So I take a flashlight because we'd seen a snake sunning earlier that day on the driveway. And I don't like snakes. And the porch light is the only light aside from a dim street light about a hundred yards up the road. I'm standing there, getting the mail out of the mailbox, and I hear what sounded to me like a person, lazily walking up the hill from my right, downhill. It sounds like boot heels. A sharp tap, tap sound that carries. I shrug figure somebody's out for a walk and don't think about it, but turn halfway to see if it's our neighbor from across the street or the one from up the hill. I don't see anything. I look again, this time with the flashlight. Nothing. As I shine the flashlight, the sound stops. So I kind of shrug again and go back to flipping through the mail and walking towards the driveway. The sound picks up again at a faster pace from behind me. I stop, turn, sweep the flashlight up the road. Nothing. And the sound now keeps coming. I turn up the driveway, a little faster, but not quickly, thinking, don't act like prey. I hear the walking sound turn up the driveway behind me. I can hear the difference in sound as it steps from the roadway to our blacktop driveway. At that point, I freak and book it across the yard to our porch fumbling for the door handle. I hear faintly it walking up the driveway behind me 
towards the house in a familiar manner, not following me across the yard. We have a glass outer door, closed, me desperately trying to open it, and an open inner wooden door. Mom sees and hears me working at the door and comes to open it for me. I tell her, do you hear that? Hear what, she asks, and stops. We look at each other as we hear the sound of footsteps walking up the pea gravel walkway between the driveway and porch. I sweep my flashlight up and down the walk, but there's nothing there. The sounds keep coming. They're close enough, we can tell where on the walkway they're coming from, and we definitely should be able to see something at the five yards or so it is away from us. It's dark, but not pitch dark. It walks up to the head of the walk and stops, just outside the light cast from the porch light about a step and a half or so from the porch itself. It just stops, like something standing there looking at us from a couple of steps away. And our eyes tell us there's nothing there. We just stand there. I'm too afraid to move to bolt. And I guess... She didn't want to leave me by myself by moving first. We stand there for a good 30 seconds when my dad comes outside to ask, what's going on? We tell him we heard something walking up the walkway. He looks out and says, there's nothing there, turns and goes back in. We look at each other and turn to go back in when we hear the sound of something walking back down the driveway. We listen as it gets to the road, turns left, and starts to walk uphill and is then gone. Dad doesn't believe us when we told him what we hear, or rather, He believes we heard something, but thinks it's a deer or something. Hooves sound like boot heels on concrete, he says. That Wednesday night, we get back from church to see him sitting, white as a ghost, on the couch. Mom sends me straight to bed. I find out the next morning that while we were at church, one of those ball yo-yo toys I had left on the coffee table had jumped off the table as he was reading and chased him uphill through the house for a couple of minutes. Mom had the preacher come out and bless the house with oil that week. 
lots more crazy stuff kept happening outside, but very little in the house. On that scale, I kept having things go missing and show up later in plain sight after that. So people can say there's nothing in the dark that isn't in the light, but I know better. I also know better than to challenge the supernatural on my own anymore. Holy crap, there is a lot of creep factor to this story. Thank you for sharing it with us, Tyraxis. How about seeing that pale face out of a window? I think that is a fear that we all had in childhood. I know that I certainly held that fear. But then seeing the face inside? I would have to take a hard pass. While I certainly understand your desire and instinct to protect your brother from this entity, and I must admit, I would struggle with the advice that I'm about to give myself, because I can see myself taking action in a similar manner such as you. I have to advise you and the entire audience, you do not challenge spirits, entities, or demons in such a manner. To do so only opens up you and your soul to attack. You must find another way to help your loved ones if they are under such manner of torment. Thank you again for such a great story. When we return, we will meet with 808 Warrior on his expedition to locate a lost mine in Hawaii. But first, this brief message. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast, and I'm excited to tell you about my brand new podcast called It's Haunted, What Now? It's a podcast that brings you true stories about haunted objects and the owners who unknowingly welcome them into their lives. Join me as I share these creepy, spooky, and downright terrifying stories. You can find It's Haunted, What Now? on your favorite podcatcher or at hauntedpod.com. Welcome back to Scry. When I'm not staring into the darkened reflections from beyond the veil, I like to get in some good old-fashioned adventures. Whether that is through kayaking, hiking, or camping, I like to get out and explore. I'm not the only one who has this love for exploration, as we can see from our next tale. Shared by 808 Warrior, we hear about how he and a friend saw someone, or something, unusual on a Hawaiian adventure. Here is his tale.
Well, there was one time, myself and a friend of mine decided to go hiking about a year ago. There was a spot on Maui called Iao Valley. It was the place of the biggest battle the island saw when Kamehameha decided to conquer the islands. We decided to hike this dry riverbed in search for an old mining cave deep into the mountains that was supposedly abandoned. It was supposed to have the carts, tools, and candles still there. I've searched for it before with other people, but it remained elusive. So anyway, at the beginning of the hike, we enter the dry riverbed, and we instantly get that heavy air, cold chill, being watched vibe. But we press on. About an hour in, the feeling has still not subsided, but we still want to find the cave. We found clues and evidence of it. Parts of old rails, square holes in the rocks, perfectly smooth and squared rocks resembling steps. So we come to a rock face that has stopped our previous expeditions. My friend finds a way around it this time, so we soldier on. Let's go. It was about 50 feet from there that the both of us froze dead in our tracks, and a sudden gush of cold air swept through us. Neither of us wanting to admit that we were a little creeped out, we agreed to journey just a little further. It was when we climbed a smaller rock face, only to find sandstone stacked one on top of the other. As we walked past it, my friend in front of me, he suddenly turned to look at something and out of the corner of my eye, I saw movement. When I turned and looked for a split second, I saw what looked like a young Hawaiian boy in a mallow loincloth with a spear running through the brush. It was only a split second and afterwards, I stopped in disbelief. What? My friend turns towards me. At the same time, the wind cold and unnerving, starts to howl. A second later, the two of us turn tail and run. What was a two-hour hike upriver turned out to be a 20-minute sprint downriver. Later on that day, my friend's grandmother told him that the cave was abandoned for a reason. I still don't know exactly what that might have been, and that anyone who finds it brings something bad back with them. Needless to say, I've given up efforts to locate its existence.
808 Warrior, thank you for sharing your encounter with the world. There are places on this rock that hurdles through space that we call home that are still remote and have populations that either have not been contacted or have had only minimal contact with what we tend to think of as the civilized world. A massive tourist destination such as Maui doesn't exactly strike me as a place to where we would expect a lost tribe, but it is a place with a rich history and you may have caught a glimpse into the past and caught sight of an old Hawaiian spirit. Thank you for that tale. Our next encounter comes from AF Colt, who would have multiple encounters with a shadowy entity that follows him. Let's listen in to his tale. This is a long story, but bear with me. It's very difficult for me to tell without thinking I'm crazy, and maybe I am. I'm also trying to describe how it felt, and that makes it choppy. But I know what I've seen. I was going to my friend's house in the suburbs to spend the night. I was 11 years old and was looking forward to a night of junk food and video games. It was probably 10 p.m., and it was quiet. My friend only lived a block away, so I said goodbye to mom and walked over. My friend's driveway was illuminated by one of those huge security spotlights. As I walked up the driveway, I noticed the shadow in the midst of its light below. A man-shaped shadow. Only, it wasn't on the ground. Oh, it was a shadow, but one occupying a physical space, same as any man. The silhouette seemed to suggest it was wearing a wide-brim hat or some such. But the worst part was the red eyes. God help me, it was as if they laid my soul bare, touched some raw nerve, and saw all my terror. I don't recall exactly what happened from that point. I do know that the feeling of absolute helplessness and dread will never leave my memory. It's the sort of fear that even being in a combat zone can't touch. It's enveloping, sickening, and pushes you into this place where you've basically accepted that you're about to die. The next thing I remember, I was almost home, running as hard as I could down the sidewalk. I stopped at my door, somehow composed myself and didn't say a word to anyone. How could I? In time I learned, probably from Art Bell or some craziness, of the phenomenon known as shadow people. 
many individuals have claimed to have a run-in with them, and it gave me brief hope that I wasn't totally nuts. That encounter has never been far from my mind, and years later, I was on a visit home from the Air Force, sleeping in the new house my wife had bought in one of those horrible gray box subdivisions. It was a quiet subdivision, as we were well in the back, and there were few houses actually populated back there. For some reason, perhaps my second or third night back, I couldn't sleep. I kept remembering something. I had an uneasy feeling. I knew, I knew that if I looked out the window, he would be in the street. I couldn't take it anymore. I looked down to the street below, softly lit by street lamps further down our road. There he was. Same silhouette. Same shadow. Squarely standing on the street below. Same red eyes. Looking up. Full of this strange, malevolent energy. The dread wasn't as bad this time. Almost as if distance and time had lessened it. I felt almost resigned that he was out there, somewhere. I left the window and went into a strange, dreamless sleep, somehow refreshed when I woke up. As mentioned, I had enlisted in the United States Air Force and was stationed on a Spanish base back in the semi-desert of Andalusia, right along many of the old frontiers between the Moors and Christians. Our tiny detachment was on the far, far side of the base, well out past where anyone else went. Beyond us was a landscape not unlike that of West Texas or New Mexico. We had a single light on in the main building and a compound some 50 yards away that was fenced in. As we were doing space surveillance, it was very important there was little light pollution. I, of course, worked a night shift where there was just me and one other individual, usually safely inside, on duty. A few creepy things happened there. Pounding on the outside of the building when we knew no one else was out there. And one evening, while doing some work in the office, I heard footsteps walk past my open door, despite the place being abandoned and no one being there. Occasionally, we'd hear a dog bark in the distance 
Then, almost immediately, bark again, sounding closer. Then, sounding as if he were right next to you. It was something unnerving that happened to several of us on occasion. That's an old land that's seen Roman legions, Moorish kingdoms, the Inquisition, and the sacking of several nearby towns from Napoleon's troops. But one night, walking from the compound to the main building's door, it was different. No wind. I could see the single light over the door of the main building shining brightly, casting its light in a radius all around the door. I don't know how to explain what happened next. It was almost as if my vision wouldn't quite allow me to look straight ahead to the space occupied by the door. There was a feeling of dread, and when I did, I almost wasn't surprised by what I saw. The shadow stood nearly as high as the door. Its head seemed bowed, and I saw it begin to raise it towards me. I had the feeling somehow, if I saw those eyes this time, I was lost. I turned and walked back to the compound. Strangely, this time I didn't run. I felt everything around me in perfect clarity. Almost as if I was in control as never before. It felt like running would be a mistake. Almost as if we were playing some game with rules that I didn't completely understand. After all these years, it's almost like we are regarding each other as acquaintances. That's probably the wrong word. There's something malicious and terrifying of these images. I'm a Christian man, and I know I'm not completely crazy. My wife thinks it's an overactive imagination, and maybe she's right. But I do know he is out there. And just as sure as I know I saw something. I know in my heart and soul. It won't be the last time. Subscribe. AF Cole. That has to be one of the most chilling stories that I've had the privilege of sharing so far. I have long been curious about what these shadow beings are. I've heard people claim that they are fallen angels, the Nephilim, or Jinn. I've also heard that they are merely the spirits of evil men who are still intent on spreading their terror. As for what they are, I can't say that I know exactly. I just know that I don't want to encounter them. Hopefully, AF Colt, you don't see this entity 
ever again. And with that, it is now time to once again close the portal and banish all things dark back beyond the veil. I would like to thank everyone that contributed stories and would like to remind you all that if you have a story to share, you can submit it at scrypod.com, scrypodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 573-203-8668. Tell us your story and help us to share the scare. All stories on Scry are purported to be true. I'd like to ask a personal favor, and that is for you to leave a review for Scry at Apple Podcasts. Reviews help grow the listening audience, which in turn means more true tales to share. So get those reviews in. Special thanks goes out to Mew and Shadow Vibe, whose music appears throughout the stories in this episode, courtesy of a Creative Commons license. Check out the show notes for more about these talented artists. Before we wrap things up, if you are wanting to keep things spooky, check out our podcast recommendation for the episode, It's Haunted, What Now? This podcast has plenty of great ghost stories to share and is a personal favorite of mine. Not to mention that Lainey, the host of It's Haunted What Now, was kind enough to invite me onto a get vocal chat with her and Holly Weird Paranormal. And yes, that audio is available at It's Haunted What Now. So check them out wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, it is once again time to close the gate. And as always, say goodbye. This is Scry.